Well, it's that time of the week again. It's time for Chit Chat Across the Pond. This is episode number 647 for July 25th, 2020. And I'm your host, Allison Sheridan. This week, our guest is Bart Bouchatz. We are back with Taming the Terminal, part 39 of N, because at the last, at the end of 38, Bart teased us that there was yet another episode of Taming the Terminal coming, right? Right. This is the magical 39 of N. <laughs> and uh, I, I may as well just jump to it. There's going to be a 40 of N as well. Oh, is there really? Ooh. There is, because I thought I had too little for this show, so I had planned a third topic. And then as I was writing the show notes and my scroll bar was shrinking and shrinking and shrinking, I suddenly realized that, no, no, there's there is a 40. Wow. Well, that'll be a nice round number to remember anyway. That is true. That is indeed true. So Tmux is worthy of three episodes, which is kind of a it's a really cool tool. I, I, I don't feel sad about having lost screen one tiny, tiny little piece. This is such a cool tool. Oh, good. I saw people like uh, Klaus, I think, uh, posted on yeah. Twitter when he saw that. He's like, oh, my gosh, I love I love uh, Tmux. So we're in for some fun. Yes, we are. So where last we left our story, we had installed Tmux, which on the Mac involved using Homebrew. And on, many, on Linux, you're just going to have it available to you through your standard package manager. And... Then I guess on Windows, you would now use the Linux subsystem for Windows. How fun is, is that? I know. Was it, I can't remember where, where the context was, but someone was, was saying, oh, my God, Microsoft are killing their custom version of PHP. I mean, does that mean that we can't do it for, for programming by stealth? I was like, no, I think Microsoft just want you to use the Linux subsystem for Windows and standard PHP. That's nice. It is. Anyway. Um, so we basically looked at Tmux from the point of view of replacing screen. So giving us everything we had with screen just in a new way, using a new tool. And we, we, we very much teased the fact that it can do so much more. And I, I think I mentioned the lingo. So in, in Tmux world, there's a hierarchy. You have at the top of the hierarchy, the session. And a session contains one or more windows. And a window contains one or more panes. And Last time, we were dealing with the very simple situation where every session had exactly one window, which had exactly one pane. So we used multiple sessions, but each session was a single terminal window, so a single window with a single pane. Um, today, we're going to work with just a single session, but we're going to break that session down first into multiple windows, and then we're going to break one of those windows into multiple panes. and. The way I like to keep it straight in my head is that a session is like a browser. So if you use Safari and Firefox and Chrome, you have three browsers. That is equivalent to three sessions. Okay. Within each browser, or you could say like three browser windows maybe is the way to think of it. But the really important thing is that when screen talks about a window, you need to think of a browser tab. You mean Tmux? Yes, I do. Okay, what good. Say? Screen. <laughs> yeah, okay. No, I definitely mean Tmux. Okay. Um, so We'll do a search it, and replace at the end. <laughs> yeah. If someone needs to invent that for audio. Then my ver verbos or whatever we call verbal <laughs> typos would be so much easier to fix. Um, it's kind of annoying that they chose the wording they did. But anyway, so your session is like a browser window and your window is like a browser tab. So if you have a browser window with four tabs, you only see one of them at a time. 
but there are more of them there and you can mentally think of them as being stacked behind each other. Okay. And the tabs have an order, right? You know, you have a leftmost tab and then another tab and then another tab and then you have a rightmost tab. So if you keep that in mind, these things will make more sense. Now, what a browser can't do is within one tab have two web pages at the same time or four web pages at the same time or, you know, any number of web pages at the same time. But TMUX can, and that's what panes are. But before we confuse you with panes, let's start working with some windows. So to make our life easy, today we're going to use a single session and we're just going to make it a completely vanilla session to start with. So I'd like you to just run the command tmux space new to create a completely default tmux session. Okay. Uh, now, so that we can recognize this window when we come back to it, we're just going to run a very simple command. We're going to say echo and then inside quotation marks, the first window. All right. And when we hit return, it echoes back to us the first window. It's yes. one of those commands that does exactly what it says in the tin. <laughs> um, and now, while we manipulate windows, I would like you to keep an eye on the bottom left of the window, so the left part of the status bar. Just watch it evolve as we create windows. So at the moment, it's very boring. It says square bracket, zero square bracket, zero colon, ZSH star. Yes. Yeah. That right now is quite cryptic and not particularly useful, but it will evolve. And the it's, it's very information dense, shall we say. It's, it's actually conveying a lot, but in such a way that it's really obtuse until you start to actually do more with it. So the first thing we need to be able to do is to create another window. So just a reminder from last time that in Tmux's world, you enter into command mode by hitting control B, and then you release control B, and then you press another key to do a thing. Right. So the key for creating a window is C. So it's create window. Is how you sort of mentally think of it. So if we do control B, C. We now have a completely fresh looking window because the echo first command bit has just vanished because we now have two. Yeah, I'm just down windows. at I'm just down at the I've just got the command prompt. Yeah. So that is we are now in a second window within our session. Okay. So if we look down at the status bar, we will notice it has changed. It's now zero in square bracket, zero colon ZSH minus one colon ZSH star. Yeah. So it, the meaning isn't obvious yet, but keep watching. Okay. So so that we can recognize our window in future, let's do something in here. Let's just run the command top because it's one of those commands that doesn't stop. So we just run top. Okay. And it'll do its thing. Uh, let's create yet another window. So control B C. And in this one, let's do something else. Uh, let's just view a file that also won't exit. So let's do less slash etc slash profile, which is one of the few files that exists on both the Mac and Linux. Hmm. Okay. A lot of time trying to make that work. <laughs> That's why you're proud of it, right? <laughs> yeah, because I actually thought we might do a nice tail minus f slash varlog messages, but no, the Mac doesn't believe in varlog messages. Every other flavor of Unix I've ever used does, but not the Mac. Anyway, uh, and again, our status bar has changed. So we now have zero in square bracket, zero colon ZSH, one colon top, minus two colon less star. 
there is starting to at least be some sort of logic going on here because the window where top is running seems to be represented somehow and the window where less is running seems to be represented somehow and our window where we just have our shell seems to be represented somehow. So there is some meaning slowly beginning to emerge, yeah, I hope. I'm starting to see a pattern. Yes. But I've got lots of questions about that dash and that star. Indeed you do. I'm and patient, they will be caught. They will become obvious as we make more windows and start to do things. But the dash and star are very important. Okay, so, so what we up. have to, right now, to be clear, is we have three windows? Yes, we have three windows inside our session. Okay. All right. Which you're mentally thinking of as three tabs within a single browser window. Yeah, okay. But yeah. Uh, Let's just round things off with the fourth one. So control B, C. So we now have four of them. Um, now, now that we have four, let's let's start moving around between them. So the easiest way, or the easiest way, a way to move between them is to simply go left and right, or previous and next, as uh, Tmux calls it. So control B, N would move us to the next window. And you will notice it's a circular buffer if you try that. So ah. you actually move off the end right back to the start. So next from the fourth window is back to the first window. Okay. And control BP will do the same again and bring you back to the fourth. Okay. So as you're moving around, you may notice that the uh, status bar is still changing. We're not making any new windows, but the status bar is still changing. Mm -hmm. So maybe one of the symbols should start to become obvious too as you control B, P, and control B, N. It looks to me like the star is where you actually are. Correct. You have okay. successfully deduced the first piece of information. Okay. So the star is our little indicator of you are here. Okay. Now we can, we can move around next and previous, and that's all good and well. Um, but that's a bit tedious if you have lots and lots of windows. So you'll notice they have numbers written next to them. So zero colon ZSH, one colon top, two colon less. Those numbers are basically labels for the windows. Okay. So we can jump straight to a, one of them by hitting control B followed by that number. So to go to top, we'd hit control B one. And that will jump us straight to top. I was really hoping it was going to be something like that, that next and previous was not, not jumping out at me as the easiest way to do it. No, indeed it wouldn't. Um, so that's pretty useful. Now, when we made that non-linear jump, has that helped to illuminate what the minus might mean? Hmm. No. Okay, that's fine. We keep watching it for another while. <laughs> um, the other thing we can do is we can get a list of our windows. So last time we learned that we could get a list of our sessions with control BS. Well, control BW gives us a list of our currently open windows. So you'll see we have four of them listed, and it tells us they all have one pane. Oh, and they're attached and could, to the session. We are indeed attached. Yeah. So we can use the up arrows to cycle around. Oh, and to watch them. Oh, oh that's cool. <laughs> I like that. So we can jump to whichever one we would like. Um, so moving, so using your method of choice, I don't care, you know, whether you want to use control B and the numbers or whatever, I'd like you to jump first to the second window. Which I'm going to do with. So is B the second window one. counting from zero? So you mean one? Yes, I do. <laughs> cool. 
course you and do. then I would like you to jump to what does it say in my show notes where do I want you to jump next uh, then directly to the fourth so control B3 okay Okay. Oh, so minus now... is the last one I was on. Ding, ding, ding! Congratulations! Yeah. I just saw it moving around. So, so the one with top in it, window one, has a minus, and now I'm in window three with the star. Okay. Indeed, we are. Okay. So, what we're seeing along the bottom is inside the square brackets is the name of our session. Now, we just took a default session this time. We didn't put any work into it. So that means that it's just the default name of zero. So we can fix that, as we learned last time, we're doing a control B dollar to rename our session. So I'm going to call mine BB ses for session. Oh, okay, control B and then dollar. dollar. Yeah, and then you can rename the session. So you erase the zero. Correct. Okay, and you called yours capital BB space SESS. Okay. Yeah, it was, what? It, it, Silly name, but it doesn't really matter what you call it. Oh, and that's part of shots, isn't it? Yes, it is. Oh, okay. I have many things in my life called DB. Okay. Uh, so when you do that, you'll see the inside the square brackets, it now says whatever you typed. So that proves that that does indeed represent the session. Okay. So if you were, if you were in a multi-session mode, then you could see which session you're in. And then next to that, you have a, a, an item in the status bar for each of your windows within that session. So... The first, it's the number followed by the currently running process. And then we have the star and the minus, which we have now correctly deduced mean the current window and the previous window. Well, why would we want to know the previous window? Well, the answer is because we can toggle over and back between the current window and what uh, we should mentally call the last window yeah, not with the control B one. L for last. Ah, okay. So, and of, okay. of course, that will always toggle over, back, over, back, because when you move from window three to top, then the minus has just gone to window three. And then when you do it again, then the minus goes back to top. So it really does let you toggle over and back. Okay. All right. So L for last. L for last, the last window you're in. So it's just sort of like, wait, 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 where was I? Ah, control B, L. Yep. And you'll always know where you're going to jump to because of the handy little minus. I kind of like that. That's basically three different ways to move around. So whichever one's more comfortable to you. Precisely. You and like depending the on the situation, right? Depending on how wide your window is, eventually your status bar is going to begin to truncate. If you have 10 windows, it is going to truncate, at which point you probably do actually want to use control BW and then scroll up and down in your list. Uh -huh. Or just get very familiar with that your lucky number seven is where you want to be or something. Um, you know, so different scenarios will will give you different things. So we can do we can do next and previous. We can do it by the number. We can do control mm -hmm. B W to see the list, and we can do control B L for the last. Yes, indeed. Okay, that's actually four different ways. That's cool. That's a lot of ways to move about, exactly. So it's pretty cool. Now you will notice that by default, the name for want of a better term, of the tab, or sorry, of the window in uh, TMUX speak, but the tab in, in our mental model, is the currently running process. And that's the default behavior. So as you start and stop processes, the name or the label on the window will change. Mm -hmm. So if we were to kill, say, the top process, it would go back to being ZSH. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the time, having it... Um, Having the name be the currently running process is actually enough. 
So a lot of the time that will actually disambiguate your windows quite nicely. But if you're editing two config files, you're probably using VI or the, you're probably using the same editor for both, right? You're probably a VI person or an Emacs person or a nano person, but you're not, you're not likely to use one editor for each different <laughs> file. Right? So you can't tell them apart. Exactly. And even more to the point, if you're looking at log files, you're going to be using tail. Well, you're always going to be using tail if you're looking at two log files. So if you want to actually give your, your windows a label that, that won't change. So once you give it a label, it stops the changing thing. It just stays at that label. You do so by going to that window and then hitting control B and pressing the comma hmm. and then typing whatever you would like. Okay. Which one are we going to change? So let me see. What does it say in the show notes? So if we go to which one did I say? The less one. I'm No. The, sorry, the last window. So if you go to window number three there. So if you do control B three. And then we can rename it with control B comma. And I'm going to call it logs. Okay. Oh, I think I said in the show notes to do a CD slash var log. Just because that way it actually makes sense to call it logs. Oh, okay. It doesn't really matter. Um, but it makes the example a bit more real world, right? Wait, Why would slash I call var it? slash logs or just var slash logs? Slash var slash log. Log. And you, I, okay. Slash var log is the actual folder okay. that exists on both your Mac and your Linux machine. Has completely different content, but it does at least exist on both. Okay. Um, and then we'll, I decided to name the tag, the tab, the window logs. Okay. Uh, so that's kind of, uh, kind of most of it, really. So the last thing to be able to do is to maybe get rid of some of these windows. Maybe we have too many of them. So one way you can always get rid of a window is by simply exiting the shell running in it. So if we just, you know, exit to leave the shell, well, then that's a window with no shell anymore, so it ceases to be. So it's so a if window. Do that, hang on. The word window is going to get confusing here. Oh, it is a window. It no, it is a window. Never mind. Okay. So then, you know, the window will have no panes left, so it will go to, it'll just disappear. So now we're down to zero, one, and two. Wait, which one did you get rid of? Uh, I was in the last one, which is where we were, so. Oh, okay. You can also get rid of one if you go into command mode, control B, and then the key for getting rid of it is ampersand, and it will say, kill the window, really? Question mark? Mm -hmm. Yeah, go. Kill. All right. Um, and in fact, let's just get rid of all of them bar one window. Let's make nice, nice and simple. So ampersand the way the last one as well. So we're now we're now down to a simple zero colon SSH. So now that we're down to one window, let's split it apart into pieces with panes. Oh, panes hang on. Really. I ended up with the one with top in it. Uh, well, then exit at the top with, uh, what is it? Q to quit top, if memory serves. Okay. There we go. All right. Okay. So... The way you make panes is by the by way. Here's something interesting: is uh, because it was running top, it's still oh, it was still called top for quite a while, and all of a sudden it changed to zsh. Huh? There was a lag. That was interesting. I guess it only polls every now and then. Yeah. Okay. Um. So you don't create panes in the same way that you create um, windows and stuff with some sort of, you know, make me a new one. Instead. The only way you can make a pane is by splitting an existing pane into two. Hmm, okay. But of course, every window starts with exactly one pane. So there's always a pane to start with. All right. And when you're splitting, you have to choose. Do I split horizontally or vertically? 
Huh. So to split horizontally, it's control B quote, and to split vertically, it's control B percent. So let's do those in order. So we do control B quote, and then our window will split in half. Oh, look, we now have a top and a bottom. And if we do it again, with this one we go control B percent. Ooh, we're now in the open the three pane layout. So how do, oh, and it, it's because it's resting down in the bottom one. Correct. Okay. So when we split, so the first time we split, we ended up resting in the bottom of the two. And then the second time we split, we ended up resting in the right of the two. Okay. So we now have a full width top and then two half width bottoms. And we're sitting in the bottom right. Now, how do we tell we're in the bottom right? Well, its border is green. All of mine are green. I'm in, I'm in homebrew uh, theme. Ah, okay. It, in, a normal, it, in a normal terminal window, the, the, the other border should be black, and you should have just the, the current uh, one should be highlighted in green. The one separating them, the, the vertical pane, uh, the vertical separator between the left and right panes is dashed. And I think the one that's not selected looks like it's kind of brighter. Okay, well, that's okay. So your terminal is translating the colors. Yeah. Um, which most terminals will do. Okay. Um, I'm just mentioning because somebody else might be in a different theme. It wouldn't necessarily be green. Highlighted then. It's probably a better way to say <laughs> okay. it. Denoted in some way. <laughs> Indeed. Okay. So we now have three panes and we're in the bottom right one. But obviously, we'd like to be able to move between them. That yeah. does seem to be the kind of thing we should be able to do. Mm -hmm. um, you're going to like this. The easiest way is to go Control-B to enter command mode, and then you can use the arrow keys. So left will jump you to... Oh. Yeah. Control-B up. Now we're sitting in the top one. Uh, you have to keep saying Control-B each time. You can't do it uh, a second time. Correct. Because the up arrow has meaning and just gave me the last command. Exactly, okay. because, oh yeah, basically, if Tmux were to steal the, the up arrow, that would cause many, many Linux users and Win Mac users, and that would make me cranky, yeah. <laughs> to put it mildly. Uh, so you can jump around with the arrow keys, which is at least nice and logical, uh, but you can also jump directly to a specific pane. Um, actually, sorry, I meant to say, you can also cycle through them in what it thinks is a sensible order, which is Control-B followed by the O key. And it'll start to make more sense what the order is in just a moment. Because although you can't see it now, each of those panes actually has a number. And if you'd like to see the number, you hit Control B Q. And then it will briefly, for about a second or two, show you the numbers. Oh. So what does O and Q stand for? Did you find any mnemonic? No, for that? I didn't find a mnemonic. <laughs> if there was a mnemonic, I would have typed it into the show notes, I'm Because <laughs> Q seems like a dangerous letter. It does kind of, doesn't it? Q yes. means lots of stuff. Now, what's particularly cool about the Control B Q is while those numbers are up, if you're quick enough, you can just type one of those numbers. And then you jump straight to that window. Oh, not fast enough. <laughs> okay, there's no so way. Uh, as long as the labels are up, you can move. I am not fast enough to do it. Okay. I guess I will. I'll be using the arrow keys. You can use the arrow keys. Okay. Um, and you can jump, you can also jump to the most recently active pane. So if you've been jumping around, control B semicolon will bring you to your most recent one, wherever that happens to be on the grid. Okay. 
So the whole point, right, if we remember right, right back to the first time, then we learned that TMUX was a portmanteau for terminal muck. Uh, let me say that properly, for terminal multiplexing. So we are quite clearly multiplexing here with our three terminals within one window, and we could we could have like five of those windows with like even more panes if we wanted. I mean, we're seriously multiplexing here. I'm going to stick in a little commercial break here. A portmanteau okay. is a large trunk or suitcase, typically made of stiff leather and opening into two equal parts. I have never didn't know that word. Okay, we're ha I'm having some serious deja vu because last week when you did the same, you continued to the second <laughs> definition in the dictionary. <laughs> did I really? Yep. But do continue to definition number two, which is the one I was actually using. Oh, okay. Uh, a word blending the sounds and combining the meanings of two others. For Web, example, uh, motel webcast. for motor and hotel or brunch for breakfast and lunch. Indeed, we love them, like webinar from a web seminar. Like we, we adore portmanteaus in the 21st century. Okay. It, it is a thing, right? We we take two words and we smash them together with gay abandon, like some sort of you know <laughs> lexical particle collider. I was thinking portmanteau would be this the way these panes look on screen is is like this this compartmented suitcase. <laughs> no, no, it's just terminal multiplexer. Okay. Crash them together in our lexical hadron collider, <laughs> and we get TMUX, terminal multiplexer, TMUX. Okay. So it's just the two words mashed together. But we're clearly multiplexing here, right? We have multiple in one. But sometimes we might want to briefly focus on a specific pane, especially one of the smaller ones. Maybe it's fine to be small 90% of the time, but we'd actually like to zoom in on it sometimes. So. There's a concept of a zoom mode which toggles on and off. So you toggle it on or off, depending on where it currently is, with control BZ. So when you're in zoom mode, the current pane takes over the full screen. Oh, that's scary. Where'd the other ones go? They're still there. Now look at the status bar. Now it says one colon ZSH star Z. You're in zoom mode. So if you do okay. control BZ again, everything's back to how it was and the Z's gone oh. from the status bar. So why does it need to tell you that one is zoomed? Because that's the one you're in. Right. But maybe you think it's a right. If it didn't have the Z there, you, oh, wouldn't you might be think it was the only one. Exactly. How oh, would you okay. know that it wasn't just a window with only one pane? Yeah, and you're thinking, yeah. well, I could have sworn I had five panes lying around somewhere. Where did they go? OK. And the other thing to say is that zoom mode is not global. Zoom mode is per window. So if you had five windows open, you could have two of them zoomed and three of them not zoomed. Hmm. So the toggle is, is per window, is the other thing to note. So the last thing then is, uh, what about uh, closing some panes? Well, we can close a pane by ending the shell. So if we just type exit, make the shell go away, oh, that pane goes away. That's not particularly surprising. Okay. Uh, and then there's also control BX, which just looks like a closed window, but it does ask you, do you want to kill pane, whatever. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, and much to my surprise, well, that took me hours to write. That's kind of what I wanted to do today. No, I'm, no. I'm so bad at judging the length of podcast. <laughs> no, that, that, that's pretty interesting. Uh, one last thing on, on when I was finally left with one, it's telling me that I'm in, um, let me get the terminology right. It says I'm in uh, window one. 
or pane one, okay. one colon ZSH star. So that means window one. So that means that you killed zero. Yeah, I just expected it to revert to zero on its own. I am curious what will happen if you do a control BC to create a new window. Will it then create a new zero? Uh, well, what if I just create a new pane? Well, a new pane won't change the window. Oh, number. that's right. That's right. Okay, so now it says I'm in. Now it says I'm in zero. And okay, one so and one is moved to the right or is over to the right is where I was a minute ago. Yes. Okay, so it backfills them rather yeah. than continuing, which is good because we only have nine, we only have 10 digits. So if it didn't reuse the zero after we close the zero, that would be most inconvenient. Yeah. So it's quite sensible, really. Yeah. So since we have a minute, and usually we're, we're trying to give me the bums rush to stop talking because we've, we've gone on and on and on. Uh, part of the problem was this made complete sense and I didn't get lost. Um, but I, let me let me try to picture what I would be doing here. I I might have more than one session open to the same server. Is that correct? That realistically speaking, you would only have multiple sessions. If there was, say, one of them was for you and one of them was for someone else. So, imagine that you have a web server that you manage some of the time and a colleague manages some of the time. Okay. And you really like things one way and they really like things another way. Rather than fighting over it, you could just each have your own session. And when you SSH into the server, you connect to the session, Allison, and they connect to the session, Bob, or whoever they are. So that sessions, the chances are that you will just keep the one session for you. So what you're then going to be doing is managing windows within your session. So that, that seems surprising to me. Um, I am a big fan of opening 72 windows in the same application. I, I probably, and not just tabs, but lots of windows because I go, okay, that right. one's connected to this concept. So I'm going to open another window and then right. do a bunch of tabs there and another window and a bunch of tabs there. I, I feel like I would be constrained that I would want to see things at the same time within a given session. But if they're right. all in so, this, if they're all in the same session, then I can't see, I have to flip through the windows. I can't see them all at once. But you've, okay, but each window is where you, so you would make a window for a task. So let's say you have a window for managing your Apache. Mm -hmm. And then in that window, you would make panes, one where you might be CD'd into the folder where the config files live. Okay. And one where you're CD'd into the folder where the log files live. And just one for you to issue commands. So you might say, you know, vi httpd.conf into the top left one, say, okay. and a tail minus f uh, error.log in the right one. And then in the bottom one, you could do a service Apache restart every time you change the config, and then you could watch what's happening in the log file. Okay. Okay. So you then label that whole window Apache. And then your second task might be to manage your MySQL. So then you do a control BC to make a new window, label that one MySQL. And then you could maybe only split that one in two. So if one of them you might just have in MySQL. So you can do your SQL and the other one tailing the log so that you can see if you've managed to make a mess of something. Okay. So I could still have my tons of stuff open, but they would be nicely organized and orthogonal uh, connected little panes. I wouldn't right. be able so to have them as a messy. window to manage the task, and then within each task, panes for the individual things. Okay, so you never open a separate window SSH into the same a, a physical terminal window. 
into a into a the same server to do something else? Uh, no, I won't say I never do, but I have a choice to take one window with Tmux and make it nice and big and split it in half. Okay, and it just sort of depends on on the situation. It's quite convenient if you always need to see the same two things at the same time. It's much easier to have a Tmux session with the window waiting for you than to connect CD into the right folder, command N in your SSH app of choice, connect again, CD into the other right folder. Oh, I mean, okay. by the time you've done all of that faffing about, you're way quicker to connect to your Tmux session and go to the right window. So um, maybe I'm guessing what you're going to talk about next, but would it be, uh, can you save these Tmux pane setup thingies? Well, yes, indeed you can. In fact, you have, because it's Linux, you have many choices for doing so. And there's no right answer. There's basically, well, you could do this, or you could do this, or you could do this, or you could do this. So we're going to look at at least one, maybe two, maybe three. I haven't quite decided how far down the rabbit hole I want to go, but I've I've been Googling, and lots and lots of people have very strongly held opinions. Because <laughs> Shockingly, the internet important. had opinions, are you saying? <laughs> yeah. My, yeah. Ooh, such strong opinions about such menial things. Um, <laughs> I really think it comes down to a matter of taste. So there's there's a couple of different approaches. And so we will look at those next time, because if you're creating you know, multiple windows, and each window has multiple panes, and each pane has a reason for being, so you probably want to be running a specific command, recreating that every time the server reboots seems like something that should be automatable. And if it seems like it should be automatable, and if it's on Linux, it almost certainly is automatable. Okay. Because that's how the Linux community roll, right? So that is entirely what we'll be dedicating the final Tmux installment to, is automating the creation of these lovely, complicated setups. Okay, cool. Well, I'm going to give you a tiny tip that you may not know. Look at your terminal window. Look at the upper right corner. Do you see a little icon there? Hover right of my of your terminal terminal window. My terminal doesn't have anything in the upper right, but so not in the absolute corner, but just below the the upper right corner is a little tiny icon, and if you click it, it's split pane. And then Uh, that must be something that came in Catalina because I, on this machine, I'm still running the one before Catalina, Mojave. Mojave. Oh, really? Okay. Well, so there you go. It it uh, splits the pane automatically. And uh, when I click that button, now I can see I have uh, uh, one colon ZSH and I've got uh, whatever the other one is. I think it's, I think these are real panes. And then there's a, a, a now each of those panes has uh its own button to split pane and a button to close the split plane split see now so that's the terminal app on the mac splitting so you really are down a rabbit hole here (laughs) really Uh, so i'm not in a tmux pane i doubt the mac has integrated with tmux like open a new terminal window terminal window that's not that doesn't have a tmux running okay and does it now have this ability to split yes it's got okay, the then ability it's to a Well, that's interesting. There, um, let me do something here. Hang on. Does this excite? No. Yes. Oh, okay. So it's just, I wonder what it is. I think you're I can, making multiple terminal windows in oh, one window. Oh, interesting. Well, that's bad that they use the same words then, huh? 
it's a sensible word, right? If you think of an old-fashioned window, it mm-hmm. consists of multiple panes. Yeah. Before we before we could make glass big enough for the plate glass window, we had window panes. That I mean, that's where this word comes from. That's why this word is used so much because windows break into panes. Sorry, break is the wrong word. Um, windows used to be divided into panes before we discovered how to make sheet glass. I think it was Pilkington discovered that you could float it on liquid metal. <laughs> you just know the weirdest things. Um, you're absolutely right. I just noticed that uh, it shows the the BB space sesmo that we where we replaced the zero mm-hmm. on the uh, on the bottom one, and I did a control B W to see what was listed there, and it's only the one uh, the one window no one pane yeah 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 so basically what you're doing is you have two mac terminals in one mac window inside of which you're running a multiplexer (laughs) oh you know what i'm gonna do you know i'm how do you how do you create a pane again (laughs) uh well you split horizontally or vertically so control b quote or control b percent depending whether you want to go across or up or down vertically okay so yeah so now i've got it looks exactly like what we talked about before but i've only got uh there's really only two tmux sessions (laughs) (laughs) i'll send you a screenshot just for the, the head breaking this is up there with when i discovered as a kid um that if you have two mirrors you you can make infinity oh that's the best and now all we have to do is open up uh uh like in skype open up screen share and keep this window open right yes yes that is exactly how you get to infinity on a computer have done that (laughs) and if there's a slight delay you're an infinite echo as well Oh, nice, nice. That's how that every podcaster's dream. All right. Well, this was fun. I think it's okay to have a uh, a calm, light, easy, um, easy lesson this week. It's so different to programming by stealth. <laughs> <laughs> this is vacation for Bart. Learning a new tool. I, I mean, you have to learn the tool in order to teach it to us, right? I do, and it's one of. The, I'm using you as an excuse because this has been on my "I really should" list ever since I found out that Red Hat Eight has deprecated Screen. Because while I can still get Screen onto Red Hat Eight, I'm swimming upstream, and mm-hmm. I, I don't like swimming upstream because you know what's going to happen in Red Hat Nine mm-hmm. is the, the the option is going to go away completely. So I need to learn Tmux, and this way I now have an excuse, and I have to say I am really happy I did. Um, I will give you a fair warning. Um, there is a logical follow-on that is brewing in my mind. Um, actually, since we have time, I might tease you on the problem, and then you can tell me if it's an interesting problem. And okay. if it's an interesting problem, we can solve it, and if it isn't, we won't. So as you develop... So what we're going to learn next time is how we can create little shortcuts to build these complicated screen sessions for ourselves. And that's going to involve us saving that config into a file on our Mac. Uh, But I don't know about you, but I don't have one Mac. I have quite a few. And I also SSH into quite a few servers. And I actually would like to have some of my configs follow me around as I go from server to server as well. So something that would be quite convenient is to have a way of synchronizing those configs across all of my computers so that when I implement a really cool alias to send the file to Yoink, say, I get that alias on all of my Macs, 
or if I write a shortcut for generating an Apache window, which has you know the config open, the logs open, and you know another terminal open, I don't want to remember. Did I did I do that on my work Mac or did I do that on my personal Mac? Is it on my work iMac or on my work MacBook? So the ability to synchronize is actually extremely powerful, and because it's the kind of thing people want to do, it won't shock you that someone has solved that problem with the terminal command. Oh, nice. Yeah, that does sound fun. Okay. Well, in that case, I love we're automation. Part... Got to do it. Well, in that case, we're heading for a part 41 on a wonderful tool called Shamois. Shamois? As in my house. Oh, okay. Not chamois misspelled or mispronounced. Okay. <laughs> as in chaise-moi, if you're going to mispronounce it. <laughs> okay. But it basically means my house. Uh, and it's a, it's a mechanism that uses Git to manage our configs across Linuxes, Unixes, et cetera. Okay. All right. That, sound, yeah. that sounds fun. Now, that, that does is. put off programming by stealth, but it lifts anxiety from BART, so it's 100% worth it. Yeah, I'm going to be t- totally, totally selfish and agree. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, if this isn't fun, why do it, right? We got we to gotta keep it uh, where, it's, where it's enjoyable. And I know you love programming by stealth, but this is, uh, this is great. I do. I, I've had these two tools in the, I really should do another Taming the Terminal. I've had these waiting for about six months. And so now that we've started and I'm really enjoying Taming the Terminal, I, I'm going to finish it off. What a roll. Right, right, right. Well, I, I do think one of these years we should notice that we take a break from programming by stealth every summer. You know, a lot of people we call really it a new actually. season, you know. Maybe actually we should plan. Yeah, we should plan ahead. Like, yeah. <laughs> Um, actually, something else I think we should plan ahead for is that when the next version of the Mac comes out, so when Mac OS goes to 11, mm-hmm. I'm going to use that as an excuse to do the long-threatened series of taming the terminal on switching to ZSH. Oh, okay. Because lots of people will be using that as a moment to upgrade, and they will suddenly notice that their Bash shell isn't Bash anymore. Their dollar sign has become a percent sign, and but that already, that already happened. That already happened with Catalina. Yeah, but lots of people are still on Mojave. Oh, because Catalina was a dumpster fire. Because Catalina afraid. was a dumpster fire. A lot of people <laughs> stayed behind. Like me, say. Now, I changed my default shell on my Mojave machine. So I'm on ZSH, but I'm not on Catalina. Okay. But I know there's a lot of people are still bashing away. So I'm going to use the fact that 40 or 11 isn't a dumpster fire and that the betas are really stable. Uh, So when it comes out, we're going to use that as an excuse to do the series of episodes on transitioning from bash to ZSH. Well, from your lips that 14 is more stable than 13 was. 13 is just unlucky. I think that's that's the... Also, we're mixing up iOS versions and Mac versions. Or actually, maybe we're not. Everything's a mess. Yeah, but yeah, actually, no, because Mojave was 14. So that means that um, Catalina is 15. Right, but it's really going to to 11. But it's going to 11. Which means there's still a 13 coming, of course. Let's remember that. Uh, Someday. I wonder how long we'll stay on 11. We were on Mac OS 10 for decade and a half two decades no not two decades no uh decade and a half huh at least because i joined the mac community around about 2001 and that stage it was 10.3 panther okay hang on 
we know this has nothing to do with the plot of Taming the Terminal, but we must find this out. Uh, 10.0 Cheetah. What was the uh-huh. year? Oh, Bet you it was about 2000. Let's see. 10.0. Why don't they say years? Come on. Wikipedia is usually doing that. Hardware compatibility. Yeah. Where's Oh, here we go. 10, 10.0. Oh, oh, 10.0. This is exciting. What year did you say? I guesstimated about 2000. Yeah, 2001. He's right. It's almost 20 years. Well, and Isn't that shocking? I don't think we actually ever used Cheetah, though. In fact, it wasn't uh, Jaguar the first real one? Well, Cheetah was available as a free developer preview, because remember, Apple used to charge for OSs, but they didn't right. even dare charge for 10.0. And that, <laughs> But we never used Puma, either. We never used 10.1. We, I think we started with Jaguar, 10.2. But that still no, no. only gets us to 2002. But no, we did use them. We just didn't call them by their cat. So hmm. they weren't branded as cats because the cats were secret code names. Oh, okay. Uh, but they were in use. 10.1 and 10.2 were in use. 10.0 was the developer preview. Oh, and it, okay. was, it was a dumpster fire. Like, it, it was the dumpster <laughs> fire you would expect. Was the Catalina for... of cats? Yeah, only way worse because they were going from System 9 to this. Like, right. you'd expect teething problems. Without teething problems. Well, I believe we are quite a bit off topic, so I think we should probably go. We should indeed. Anyway, uh, I think I'm supposed to say until next time, happy computing. If you learn as much from BART each week as I do, I'd like you to go over to let's-talk.ie and press one of the buttons over there to help support him. He does 98% of the work here. I'm just the stooge that listens to him and asks the dumb questions. If you go over to lets-talk.ie, you can support him on Patreon, you can donate via PayPal, or you can use one of his referral links. I really hope you'll go over and help him out. In the meantime, you can contact me at Podfeet or check out all of the shows we do over there over at podfeet.com. Thanks for listening and stay subscribed.